think if you are like me, you came from this certain uh, faith, you probably had this memorized because this was a curriculum, part of our curriculum growing up. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13. This then is how, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That is um, what we've been studying for the past, I want to say, what, six weeks now? Uh, This is our recap or the blueprint for a model prayer. Uh, The first part, verse 9, is worship. We say, Our Father in heaven. That's us recognizing that God the Father is our Father and where He's located in. Um, And then the second part is reverence. Hallowed be your name. And then uh, verses, uh, the three and four points is verse 10 where it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then the last time we discussed it was about our needs our uh, petition for food, our daily needs, we discussed that. So tonight we will be talking about our spiritual need, which is forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. Um, I'm trying to go quick, uh, but I'm trying to also catch up everybody Everybody who hasn't been here before. Um, So I have here, why did Jesus include asking for forgiveness in our prayers? Have you ever wondered that? And also, why did he add there that we need to forgive others? Right? If you're Filipino and you've been mad before, you know that the second part is the hard part. The forgive us our sins, that's easy because we know we're not perfect. But, you know, most of the time, a lot of people, we like to hold grudges, right? We hold grudges thinking that if we just hold on to it long enough, the person that we don't like will die. <laughs> That's the worst, right? So this is what we will discuss this evening, is asking for forgiveness in our prayers. And at the same time, when, Jesus ta- when he taught us how to pray, he said to also forgive others. So I entitled our message tonight, Debt Forgiveness Act. <laughs> debt, debt, debt Forgiveness Act. You know, in uh, September 5, to 2019, the Mortgage Forgiveness Debt Relief Act of 2007 was extended until 2000. Um, the, 2007, it, the government came out with the Mortgage Forgiveness Debt Relief Act. It was started in 2007. It was to help people that were losing their homes, that were going on short sales or foreclosures, and the negative part of the, the debt that they owe the bank was discharged to them. It was, uh, the banks will, let's pretend you owe, you bought the house for 300000 All of a sudden, the value of your home was 150. There is a question of 150000 difference. So what the, de- the banks did, after they sold your property for $150, they will issue you a, a note, a 1099, saying that you now 
have $150,000 of income. The Debt Forgiveness Act of 2007 cancels that, that, um, that debt that was issued to you. So, right, if, if you were a beneficiary of that, that was a great bill that was passed. It, so for some people, it was up to a million dollars if, uh, if you were married and you were filing separate. So that's, um, but you know, there's a Greater Debt Forgiveness Act that was done many years ago, many year, years ago for us. Now here's uh, our points for tonight. One, what is debt? Two, second point is sins against God. Three, asking for and giving of forgiveness. These are, this is going to be our topic tonight. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the songs that you've given us this evening. Thank you for your sovereign hand for bringing all of us here tonight for making it possible, keeping us safe, and providing this, this building for us. We thank you for bringing everybody here as you have willed it. We thank you for their willingness to be here with you, to listen and to hear your message. We ask now, Father God, for your Holy Spirit to speak through me and teach us your words, Lord God. We ask for your guidance. We ask for your wisdom. And I pray that your words, Lord God, will pierce the hearts of your listeners. And I pray that their minds will be open to whatever it is that you want them to receive. And I pray, Father God, for the uh, salvation of the lost. And I pray for healing for those who are sick. And I pray for restoration for broken relationships. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 First point, what is debt? What is debt? Debt is something you owe, right? For some of us, we like to borrow, but we don't like to pay. We like to borrow what we don't like to pay. Um, the Greek word for debt is ophilima, 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 something like that. <laughs> debt. I don't know why I get myself in trouble when putting Greek word here. But uh, this is a, a do, morally, uh, morally fault and debt. In Luke 11, 2 to, 2 to 4, it reads, He said to them, again, Jesus same account about teaching them how to pray. When you pray, he say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. So debt is sin. Debt is something that we owe to God of an offense that we have incurred through our actions, inaction, our willingness or an unwillingness for something that he has told us to do, but we neglected to do it because there's, there's a sin of omission, right? You know you need to do something, but you didn't do it. Like, you know you need to vote, but you chose not to vote, <laughs> right? There, there's a sin of omission. Uh, and there's a sin of a commission where, where you were willingly doing it against God's will. Debt is sin against God, and, and sin against our fellow men. Now, Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, Jesus taught us the model prayer, the way to pray, and then He told us to recognize Him as our Father, our Father, and then that He is holy, He is in heaven, and reminds us of the immense difference, the vastness between us and Him, 
about His holiness and, and, and His location and everything about Him is holy. Every, all His decision is, is holy. That He is completely different from our nature. And then He tells us to ask Him to, to, to let His kingdom come here and now. And then He reminds us to, to depend on Him on a daily basis, to ask for our daily bread from Him, humbling us, reminding us that apart from Him we cannot do anything. And now He tells us, he tells us that on part of our prayer, we should be asking for forgiveness of our sins. Now, Christians, this is just for unbelievers, right? Because us Christians, we, we, after we receive Christ, we stop sinning, right? <laughs> That's a joke. Some of you were like, so, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> no. Unfortunately, unfortunately, even after we have received Christ, we continue in our sins. Because accepting Christ doesn't necessarily make us perfect. It just tells us that we are now perfectly saved because we have a perfect Savior. We are completely saved from the consequences of our sins. Because God is a fair God. God is a just and fair God. Meaning, in regards to sin, that the Bible says, and everybody knows, that we are not perfect. That we will constantly, continuously, unfortunately, sin all the way to heaven. The only time that we will stop sinning is when we're in heaven. But nobody wants to go to heaven yet, right? <laughs> no, but the, 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 the point there is that God is fair and He's just. And if ev all of us know that everybody sins, and we still sin even after receiving Christ, that one way or another, God being fair and just, is that all sins must be paid. All sins must be paid because He is just. If we sin against Him, there must be payment. And He is fair. If you don't want to, because it's going to be paid one way or the other, not another, but the other. What that means is Christ has come down from heaven to die on the cross to pay for the sins of the world. Now, if you choose to receive Christ, then He is fair and your sin has been forgiven. But if you don't want to do that, He will say He's, he's fair, fair enough, then you will have to pay for your sins. The unfortunate thing there, for us believers, we know this, for, for some we don't, that there's no way that you can pay for your own sins. Sins, you know, sins are all sins for all have sinned, and then all sins, uh, next slide please, uh, sins against God. Um, this is David after he was confronted by the prophet Nathan about having that adulterous affair with Bathsheba, and then that murder that he orchestrated and he ordered the, the murder of Uriah, right? And this is, he penned this after this, have, after being rebuked by Nathan. And he says, against you and you alone have I sinned. Against you and you alone have I sinned, said, said David. Now, does, what does this mean, church? Have you ever really focused on this one? Now, David wasn't denying that he sinned against his fellow men, Bathsheba and Uriah. But David knew that ultimately his sin was against God. So church, we need to remind ourselves this. 
that if we sin against our brothers and our sisters, against our spouse, against people here at church, against people at work, we're actually also sinning, but more importantly, we are actually sinning against God. Now, if we, if we put both thoughts together that everyone has sinned and all those sin is against God, this is, this is Ecclesiastes 7.20. There is not a righteous person on earth who always does good and never sins. So if you think that was you, you're arguing. You're arguing with God that you're perfect because God says nobody's perfect. Lord, if you punish people for all their sins, no one will be left no, pray, pray, praise God, right? Praise God that He doesn't. I don't know how old you were when you prayed to receive Christ, if you have already received Christ. But if you look back on how many sins you've committed back then before accepting Christ, you know that you didn't deserve that mercy and that grace. But then if you look back again from that point to now, how many, how many more sins did you do from that point to this point? But see, God is, 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 is just and He's fair, but God provided that payment for us. So when we come into our prayer, and I get it, sometimes we do pray while we're hurting, when we're angry, right? We have that one particular person that brought us to prayer. And our prayer is like, Lord, you can do all things. You parted the Red Sea. You created the world in six days. I don't know why you're still not taking this person away from me. But then you realize that as he taught us how to pray, we are to say, but Lord, I'm not perfect. I myself have committed so many sins today. So Lord, I ask for forgiveness for my sins as I forgive this person that has sinned against me. You know, there was this uh, young boy in Korea he was a houseboy for some American soldiers. Um, Brother Ro, <laughs> I don't think this was you guys, but uh, some other guys. <laughs> uh, sometimes the American soldiers will um, uh, play harmless jokes, so they think, to the Korean boy. They would tease him. They would tie his shoe, shoe strings together so he'll fall. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll sometimes hit him on the head. Just joking around, just, you know, he, because he's their houseboy. They would lock him out outside the house when it's cold and when it's dark. And then eventually their pastor spoke to them and they said, ah, you know, I think the practical jokes isn't funny anymore. So they went to the boy and they said, hey, we're sorry. Uh, we're sorry. We're, we're not going to play those stupid jokes again, uh, on you a- anymore. Uh, please forgive us. The Korean boy goes, that's okay. I'll stop spitting in your soup now. If you, sorry, maybe it's a bad joke, right? No, but this is the point. But human nature, if somebody wrongs us, we want to retaliate. If we're all going to be honest, will you remove your Sunday mask? No, not me. Oh, yes, yes, me. No, not me. Yes, me. Right? If we're all going to be honest, when somebody wrongs us, our human nature says, I'm going to get you back. I'm going to get you back. By hook or by crook, I will get you. One way or another, I will get you. You know, funny enough, we got that from God. But see, we're not holy like He is. 
Because we were created in his own image and in his likeness. That is why we get angry when we're wronged. And don't you think our holy God feels the same way when, when people do the wrong thing against him? Against his, his creation? You know, when people get raped, even if, they get a, even if the perpetrator got away from it, God knows about that and God is angry about that. When injustice incurs, God knows it and God is angry about that. That's why God, our holy God, he is fair and he is just. And in the board, he says, do not take vengeance. Leave room for my wrath, for vengeance is mine. God is fair. But we Christians, sometimes we forget this, right? We forget this. And in our prayer life, our prayer life is stagnant. Our prayer life is, seems to be, our prayer life seems to be not moving and not going anywhere. And our prayers have, seem to be not being answered. And we wonder why. Because maybe, just maybe, we miss that model prayer, that one particular lesson that God told us there, that we are, as much as we are to ask for forgiveness of our sins, we are actually to forgive those people who have wronged us. The third part, asking for and giving of forgiveness. In Matthew 18, verse 23 to 27, it reads, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged. I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Um, you know, one talent, and he owed 10,000 talents. One talent was worth 6,000 days of work. So if you were to calculate that, uh, it was 190,000 years to pay off 10,000 talents. So there was no way in the world that that person was going to ever repay his master. So all the more, if, if you look at this, all, doesn't that make it more uh, astonishing? Doesn't it make more, it make, makes more sense to you or a lot more meaning? You know, sometimes we forget the immensity of our sins against God. That we think that we, all of a sudden, after receiving Christ, we, we forget to forgive others because we're not as bad as them. But this is 190,000 years. The debt was never going to be paid. Then continued in verse 28 to 30. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me. I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. <laughs> After receiving 100,090 years of cancellation, you would think it would have been easy for him to forgive that person that owed him 100 denarii. Now, 100 denarii, a denarii was, a wor was worth a day's wage. So he was owed 100 days of work 
while he, and then he had this guy thrown into prison while he was forgiven 190,000 years worth of debt. When the other servants saw what happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he paid back all he owed. This, verse 35, how my heaven, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Now we ask the question, who is it in your hearts, church, that you still need to forgive? Because if you are still holding on to that grudge, that anger, that bitterness, listen to verse 30, read verse 32 again. You wicked servant. There should be a lot of conviction for us here, church. There should be, the truth should truly sink in. If, you're, if you really are a Christian, you should understand that God has forgiven us a great amount of debt towards Him. The only way that we can truly forgive the, the, the meanest, the harshest, the vilest offense that was committed against us is if we remember the meanest, the vilest, the rudest, the worst thing that we have committed against God. The danger in Christianity, I think, is when we start thinking that all of a sudden, because we are Christians, we have received Christ, we are forgiven. The biggest danger there is then we have this sense of pride. We have this sense of pride. Now I'm coming to church, I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying every day, I'm giving my tithes, I'm volunteering. And then there's this one person that still hasn't changed, still continues to, to, to offend me, and still hasn't asked for forgiveness from me. Why will I forgive them? Because some people will say that. Well, how can I forgive somebody who hasn't asked for forgiveness? Easy, you pray. Because that's what God said, right? Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Now, there's many accounts. There are many other verses there that gives us how to interact, how to actually deal with offenses as a church. But mainly, really, is, is realizing that we are to ask and we are to give forgiveness when we pray. So the question, why, ask, why is asking for and giving forgiveness part of praying? The answer, because having unconfessed sins makes our prayers not heard by our Lord. And not being forgiving of others is a sin. It's a sin. That's why you don't eat salt. Psalm 66, 18, if I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. 
Sorry, guys. I, I'll explain it to you later. I thought it was corny. If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would have not listened. In First three in First Peter three seven, in the same way, <clears throat> you husbands, husbands, <laughs> must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Husbands, is there any prayers that you've been asking for from God and it's not being answered? Maybe you're not being loving to your wife. <laughs> I'm getting points from the wife. Some Christmas is coming. That's why I'm using this verse. <laughs> no, this is the practical application. This is why we have to ask for forgiveness for our sins. And then we are to forgive others so that God will hear our prayers. Because if we have sin in our hearts, our prayers are being hindered. And one of them is in our relationship with our spouse. And this goes to the wives too, okay? I just, I'm just going to keep it here for now. Um, how about for, um, I think it's here. Um, Colossians 3, 12 to 14. How about us Christians, us in the church family? Um, he says here, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them in perfect unity. As Christians... In this church particularly, or whatever church you belong to, there has to be love there, and in that love must come forgiveness. In the same manner, in the same token with, with husbands and wives, the most, I want to say, the longest uh, marriages, the marriages last because both parties are very forgiving. Very forgiving. Because, unfortunately, sometimes love really jumps out the window, right? Unfortunately, as much as we want to say love keeps us together, no, sometimes love goes out. Because somebody made the biggest or the worst mistake towards the other. You know, because you missed that phone call. She's been calling you 16 times. And you were eating. Your phone was on mute. Right? And then you look on your phone, 16 missed calls from your wife. So you go, babe, what's going on? And then all you could hear was, you didn't pick up my calls. <laughs> right? There's the, but, then, but then you want to justify, but hey, wait a minute. You always don't pick up my calls. Can we just call it even and quit, huh? shake hands? Because sometimes, right, isn't that how it's supposed to work? <laughs> That's how it's supposed to work. We are to forgive one another, right? In, our, in the church family, in your family, all right, somebody will say the meanest thing because they were tired, they were hungry, they were grumpy. They had a bad day, long day at work, and they come home, they're like... What are you, here, here's dinner for you, sweetheart. You're like, 
I want bread. Why did you bring, why did you make rice again? <laughs> Told you I was on a keto diet. <laughs> right? It just happens, right? But we have to be forgiving. So in our prayer, if you, church, if you want your prayers to be answered, if you want your prayers to be answered, and you have to ask yourself and ask God, Lord, is there something that I haven't asked for forgiveness for? And is there someone, is there someone that I haven't forgiven just yet? And again, forgiveness is forgiveness with the Lord. You have to forgive with your heart first. That person might not even be alive anymore. That person that really hurt you, they might be dead, but you're still, you're still holding that grudge, right? You're saying, oh, I hope you have that special place in hell. I hope you're burning there, the, most, the, the hottest area. I hope you're there. Right? You, have, you have to forgive. Matthew 6, 14 to 15, if, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And here, the next one. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This, I would say, is one of the tests for a person if they really have received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Because a person that can never that is unforgiving, I would say is not a Christian. Because you don't know forgiveness. You cannot give what you don't have. So if you have received forgiveness, you should be able to say, this is tough, Lord. This is that one person that I cannot forgive. But since you have forgiven me, help me forgive them. Before starting to pray, most of the time we're angry, we're irritated, or hurt by someone. That's why we went to prayer. You know, we are sinners. We have so much to pay back to God for what He has done for us. And you know what? There's no way that we can afford to pay Him at all. There's nothing that we can do to pay God at all. But in order for us to show our appreciation of His forgiveness and His love for us and His mercy and grace, it's just is this, to obey Him. Now, if we love God, we are to obey God. And one of the things that, it's a command. We are to forgive others. The only way of getting rid of uh, debts is to ask for forgiveness. Realizing our sins, realizing that we have sinned against God, we are, in our prayer, should specifically ask for forgiveness on those specific sins that we have committed against Him. You know, I find that very helpful because there are those sins that are so embarrassing for us to even admit that we have committed. I find it very helpful for me to utter the, the sin and to feel the embarrassment for me to hear it because after that, I feel the embarrassment and I say, Lord, I don't want to do this again. Help me not commit this again. So we are to be specific and then ask for forgiveness. When we, really, when we really listen to the Lord's prayer, we discover that forgiveness is a two-way transaction. God is willing to forgive us of our sins, but only when He sees that we are willing to forgive the sins 
the debts, the trespasses of others, of the others that they have committed against us. There's a condition there. All of us want God to forgive us. Amen? And let there be no doubt that God is able and willing to do so. However, the forgiveness is conditional and not automatic. It comes to those who are willing to hold no grudges. No more holding grudges, church. That's what's making you not smile. Harbor no resentments. Cling to no hatreds. And withhold no love from others because of what they may have done to you in the past. Asking for forgiveness and giving forgiveness is how God taught us how to pray. A part of our prayer. Letting go of the bitterness in our hearts is one key aspect of our prayers. So folks, when you pray, as much as you know and realize that you are a sinner, ask for forgiveness from God. But at the same time, you ask Him and you tell Him, Lord, help me forgive those who have sinned against me because I want to forgive them. Now listen to what Jesus had to say uh, as soon as the cross has been raised into position. Luke 23, 34, A. Father... Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Imagine everything that he has gone through, the spitting, the slapping, the insults, the lies, the abandonment, the, the whips, the pain, the torment, the torture that he went through. For some, somebody that he did not, for, for, to people that he did not do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong to anybody. But he experienced the most, up to now, the most painful way only because that was the only way for your sins and mine to be forgiven. And yet he, the guy that was tortured unjustly, said, forgive them. So I don't know. I don't know what it is that's been committed against you. I don't know what I said. <laughs> that you're holding on to. That's making me one of the people that you're holding grudges on with. It, it, I pray that uh, you will be able to forgive as God has forgiven you. you now here's the gospel for us again, Christians. In Isaiah 64, 6, we are all infected and impure with sin. When we put on our prized robes of righteousness, we find they are but filthy rags. There's nothing that we can do to pay our sins against God. That's why Jesus came down to die on the cross for your sins and mine. Romans 3, 23, 26. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood. Blood was shed to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate His righteousness because in His forbearance He had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. 
He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Church, you are forgiven after receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. You are forgiven. We are forgiven of our sins yesterday, our sins today, and our sins tomorrow. Don't you think it would be worth it for you to obey Him by forgiving those who have sinned against you? I pray, church, that you will finally submit to that truth and obey in praying that way, asking for your forgiveness and forgiving those who have offended you. Amen? Amen. That's our message, folks. Thank you very much for your patience. As the music team make their way up here, I... I ask for those of you who have not received Christ as their Lord, if you want to do that this evening, I will be up here while they're singing. Please come up so we can lead you into that prayer. Or if you have been visiting us for quite some time and God has impressed it in your heart that you want to become a part of this church, please come up so we can recognize you. Or if you just need prayer, please come up so we can pray for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your message. We thank you for your forgiveness of our sins. We thank you for teaching us how to pray to you the right way. And with that includes us remembering to forgive those who have offended us. So right now, Lord God, I pray for everybody in this room. I pray that you will give, you will impress it in their minds on who this person that they still need to forgive, that person that truly hurt them, I pray, Father God, that you will give them the, the, the power, the willingness, and the heart to forgive that person or those people that have truly hurt them. I know, Father God, that this is your command to us. We know. But at the same time, Lord God, you know that apart from you, we cannot do it. So I pray, Father, that you give us a willing spirit and a forgiving heart. I pray for blessings for everyone this evening. I pray for healing for our brothers and sisters who are sick. And I pray for broken relationships. I pray that the forgiveness and the forgiving of each other, Lord God, will be, will restore those relationships that has been strained. And Father, I pray for blessings for those who will obey you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, Amen, Amen. Thank you. Let's all stand for the